Hello and welcome to The Jerick Show. In today's action-packed episode, we have got tales from the FBI. We have ill-thought-out privacy laws. We have got some Russians and we've got news from the land of the rising sun. All that and more coming up on this week's Jerick Show. Welcome to The Jerick Show, featuring your hosts, Javad Malik and Eric Crone. Timely topics poorly presented. Hello, <laughs> Eric, you're back. And you're I alive. am. I, I am. And, and I got pretty bracelets too for my little doctor's appointment this morning. It was good times, good times. But I am here because I am that dedicated to this show. Excellent. Well, you know, I wouldn't have accepted any excuse other than if you were dead. So, you know, good to see I you. I know um, this. I got that message in WhatsApp. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, you know what? It's 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 Memorial Day weekend here in the US. Um, we're gonna have a holiday of our very own down here. It's gonna be a great time. Um, lots of stuff happening in the world. Uh and uh yeah, you know, uh <laughs> I understand that uh, like uh, ransomware is still kind of happening out there too. They're not taking some time off. No, it's not. And there's a FBI flash. Ah, ah, ah. Saves every <laughs> one of us. <laughs> Man, you know what? I Now that you've done that, I just have to back up to the movie. You saw the movie, right? Yes. And, and it was so horribly done. I just remember there was the thing that they like had to stick their hand in um and yeah oh that was such a bad movie such a bad movie why'd you do that to me javad now you got me off on a rabbit trail anyways yes this is an fbi flash and what's interesting about this one or not interesting but quite disheartening as a matter of fact is we're going to say the r word here which is ransomware um they're actually saying that conti is targeting healthcare and first responders like not just accidentally getting them, but actively targeting these kinds of groups and what they're doing. Now, Conti is a, uh, a software as a service one, or I'm sorry, ransomware as a service, okay? Um, it is one of those strains that does that, but they're they're pretty tight with apparently who they, they partner with. So it's not just like somebody's going out and doing this all willy-nilly. They're actually involved pretty heavily in this sort of stuff. So you know, they have some some say in this where, you know, groups like like what happened with the pipeline down here in the U.S. and stuff with that. That was a ransomware as a service one with dark side, but they weren't real particular on who they partnered with. So they didn't have a lot of control over that. Basically, it happens and then then they find out. Right. But no, this is an interesting thing. And they're, they're talking about how heavily they're targeting um, the, the healthcare and first responder parts and you know, of all the things that make you a just a horrible, horrible human being that doesn't deserve to take up space on this planet or breathe our very own air, it's doing something like this. What do you think? Um, harsh words. I see the drugs uh, have removed whatever little filter you had, <laughs> but I am surprisingly in agreement with you. I think, you know, it's... <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, something stuck in my throat and i don't have any oh hold on great okay so i'll fill the gap while you're doing this okay yes yes i know it sounds harsh and 
hold on a second. Was that a monster energy drink you had? It was a, a glass with the monster energy drink logo on it, but it's actually got water in it. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry for this little foray, but you have to understand the heat that him and Tom uh, gave me at RSA about drinking monsters to understand why I'm so shocked at that. Uh, anyways, yeah, the thing is, uh, you know, it is harsh, but man, this is wrong. This is just wrong as a human side of things. It's not the drugs. It's just me being seriously mad about this kind of thing. I mean, this is life and limb. This is this is not just about money. Yeah, that's right. And the, the problem is, like, up until now, you've seen some groups publicly say, we're not going to go after hospitals and healthcare and all that. And in, in some cases, they've been like, oops, and they've tried to backtrack or what have you. Um, but this is one of those things that unless there's like heavy and 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 harsh uh, legal action directed immediately, like where where there's a big investigation, they try to take down some infrastructure, people are arrested. Um, there's very little others uh, in terms of deterrent and morals or ethics, whatever however little they may have that we're not going to attack hospitals would only go so far. You know, it's like on one hand, oh, I shouldn't really attack a hospital, but oh, $20 million could be mine. Uh, and, you know, the kind of people that deploying ransomware, they're not the types that I think have the uh, the fortitude to kind of uh, resist that temptation. Yeah, you know, and, and I had a discussion with somebody on Twitter um, not too long ago about some of this kind of stuff. And I, I tell you, one of the things they said was, you know, we were talking about whether or not um, paying ransoms should be made illegal. And my thoughts on that are, it sounds good on paper, right? But if you say that paying a ransom is illegal, we have to understand, at least here in the US, a majority of our businesses in this country, like over 99%, are small businesses. These are not corporations. These are not big businesses. And so the ransom for them may be four or $5,000 or close your doors permanently right? And that's that's very different. So if we legislate something in a way that we're saying, no, you can't pay the ransom, that has unintended side effects that a lot of times we don't think through when we're talking about legislation. And, and I know where we're going with this next story, but I'll tell you, one of the things that they said was um, defending against ransomware is easy. And, and it, I just, <laughs> I, I, it blows my mind. It is not easy. It sounds easy, when you're like, oh, just have good backups. Well, that doesn't matter when they're exfiltrating data. And a lot of these organizations, man, they're they're in business to try to do business. They're doctors. They're these sorts of things. They're not cybersecurity professionals. And you got to figure they're trying to defend against other stuff too, but that's not what they do for a living. So as security professionals, we've got to get past that. It's easy to do. It's their fault. And kind of victim shaming people that get hit with ransomware. Definitely, definitely. And in, when you look at individual controls, you could say, you could argue that they're simple, but just because something's simple, it doesn't mean that it's easy. Yeah, and yeah. It, it's like losing weight. It's simple. You just eat less, you work out more. You, hopefully you don't, you know, as long as you don't have a hormonal imbalance or, you know, you, what have you, then it, it kind of works. It's simple, but it's no, it's not easy to do by any stretch of the imagination. It's, as you evidence. I know um, this. 
No, no, and that's fair enough. And that's a problem when we when we do these blanket thoughts over stuff. And like I said, you know, passing legislation that says paying the ransom is illegal impacts so much more than we think about because of these smaller businesses. And we just have this huge problem with legislation trying to get in the middle of things and just mucking it up because they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, speaking of legislature, nice segue into this story. Senators roll out bipartisan data privacy bill. Um, yeah. This is where I wish we could get Rowena back on the show and ask her her thoughts. I'm sure she's not short of opinion. Uh, but um, there's this bill that went ahead and they want to, um, well, it's it's kind of like a, a GDPR light in some ways. But what, what, what are some of the details around this? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that, that I'm reading here is that they're what they want to do is they want to require organizations to inform the, um, you know, the potential victims of these social networks within 72 hours of the breach occurring. Yeah, you got it highlighted there. Here's a problem. They don't know what they're talking about because 72 hours of it occurring is very different from being discovered for one thing, right? So how many times are, are these, these breaches happen? And they don't know about it for a month. They don't know about it for several months. I mean, the dwell time is what, 200 days? This makes no sense at all when they're writing stuff to say within 72 hours of it occurring. What do you think of that part of it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's very easy when uh, you're thinking in the physical world. You walk home and your door's broken and it's a mess and things have been taken yeah, you can report that. But in, in the digital world, you're absolutely right. Uh, there's so many times where a breach occurs or a misconfiguration occurs. But so how many times have we found, like a researcher's found a exposed S3 bucket, which has got a few million records in it. And unless there's logging and so, or turned on and sort waves, you, you really can't say for sure whether it's a breach or not a breach. Did someone actually see the records or not see the records and what have you so it, it becomes a lot more nuanced than simply saying um you know once it happens now if they had said that upon being made aware of an incident or discovering a breach then it becomes a different issue uh but even then it's like well you know you want some clarity around what you notify and to who um I think this is where GDPR is actually a lot more flexible. It's like the, the regulators are generally open to discussions. So if you say, hey, we've just discovered this, and this is from speaking to people that have dealt with um, the regulators uh, in, in some live incidents, they say, if, if you just say, hey, we've just discovered this, we're trying to ascertain what it is, we think it impacts this sample of, of users, but can you give us a bit more time just to investigate and here are the steps we're taking, this is what we have in place. And then we'll send out this kind of notification to users saying you may or may not be impacted and refer to this site. And it becomes a, a collaborative process. And I think that's what we need more of. We don't need simple legislation that says, hey, you must abide by this. But it's almost like help organizations to, uh, to coordinate and, and give the appropriate response once they are a victim of, of a crime potentially. Absolutely. And we, we you know what we've gone through this on the show, like reviewing some of the, the breach notifications that go out there that are good. And we've given kudos to people that do it good, right? But within 72 hours, I mean, for those of us that have done incident response, um, especially in a reasonable size scale, 72 hours, 
you, you don't always know what's going on, especially when we're talking about something like Facebook or Twitter, these social media platforms with so many records, so much complexity. In 72 hours, you may not know what's, you may not even really have a good clue what's going on. So what do you do? You notify everybody that they've been hit and then you back off, right? So so we're running around yelling, the sky is falling. And then you go, oh, you know, it was only a subset of 50,000 records and it was only your shoe size, you know, or something like that. It, 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 we can make this to where it becomes so much noise that it then becomes unimportant. And that's where we run into these problems is when we don't give useful, actionable information based on this sort of thing, right? And so, you know, we, we've got to be able to, to do better than this. And again, this is legislation being written by legislators that don't really understand the nuances or what's going on in this. And I like your idea of having the flexibility to say, okay, this is what's going on. The other thing that can happen is if you're forced to reveal that there was a hack um, or some sort of a breach within 72 hours of no, no, knowing about it, right? that can impact your, your law enforcement type stuff, right? So if you're there and you're trying to do forensics, you know that these folks are in there. You're watching them. Maybe you're blocking them, keeping them out of the really bad stuff because you know they're in there, but you're trying to figure out where they're coming from. You're trying to figure out, you know, what are the indicators of, of compromise? What are the IOCs for this and all that kind of stuff? Law enforcement can get involved. The FBI can get involved or whatever, you know, government agencies can get involved. If you have to notify in 72 hours, the bad guys know you're on to them. And so that can flag them to, to shut up operations, wipe their paths and get out of town. You would rather them being fat, dumb and happy thinking that they're still unnoticed for a little while, while you see what they're doing while controlling then, now that you know they're in there, what they can get to. So there's unintended side effects to this sort of thing that that they just don't think about it, the legislative side. And that's that's what concerns me about stuff like this. Absolutely. Absolutely. So think things through, people. Talk to Eric Crow. Just... Or some sort of pro. I don't know. Some sort of security person. <clears throat> Illegal drug, drug trade fuels $1.37 billion in crypto transactions at Russian dark site. This is like a... Um, what do you call it? A SEO uh, <laughs> paradise. It's it's got drugs. It's got billions of dollars. It's got crypto. It's got dark sites. It's got Z Russians. Yeah, you know what, what we don't have on here? Well, we we have crypto, but we don't have the word blockchain. I haven't seen it yet. So yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is this is crazy. Um, you know this this is talking about one of the. Um, the dark web sites out there called Hydra, and it's a Russian based, Russian speaking, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But they are moving big time money in here. <laughs> I mean, big time money across here. Wow. And, and the thing is, what's interesting about this is they, you know, they they take dark websites oftentimes take steps to protect the buyers. Okay, so they do things like um, escrow. In other words, you make a purchase from a seller. The seller doesn't get their money until you receive your stuff, right? Yeah. And so like Hydra is no different there. I believe they're they're requiring people to hold something like $10,000 in reserve so that they can't just cut and run, um, yeah. which is a problem. And it is kind of funny. Here you are on the dark web in this criminal underground, 
and they're all trying to be legit, right? Um, with each other, at least they're trying not to scam each other. Um, you know, there's no love lost there. Uh, but if you've ever been on these dark websites, I mean, you can buy just about anything there. And it's amazing and shocking just how out in the open they are with this stuff. They're just like, boom, here you go. We're selling this. You know, I've seen it where um, they're talking about selling, you know, acid, drugs, acid, um, LSD type stuff, dropping it in just an envelope, sticking a, a stamp on it, and mailing it to people's homes. And that apparently works, right? But they're selling them on here. And it's so blatant. It's so out in the open. It's mind boggling. It is. It is. It's, uh, it, you know, you, you think if these people had just put their brains towards a legit service, they would be in Fortune 100 like CEOs by now. But th this is just, and, you know, I can't read Hydra without thinking Hail Hydra. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the way to combat them is to tell the folks at Disney to sue them for copyright infringement. And that's that's probably more effective than law enforcement going in trying to get them for drugs or anything. <laughs> yeah, but, you might um, be right. Yeah, but, but yeah, they, they you know, and, and over here it talks about they've got direct links with China and, um, you know, they, they're getting like cheap synthetic drugs. And, and yeah. this is something that just reminds me that um, China is actually a big supply, actually Wuhan, uh, where uh, which is famous now for its research lab and apparent like the, the patient zero off of the uh, coronavirus. But they uh, have a big industry there of producing synthetic drugs or um, the uh, the 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 main ingredient that goes into methamphetamine and mm -hmm. so the mexican cartels are big buyers from uh from wuhan and when the the coronavirus hit uh cargo plans planes were were grounded so so they couldn't ship their synthetics out to mexico but the cartels don't care they still tell they still told their their well they had to take a hit on their production costs but they just passed it on to their dealers so they said instead of now selling them your your, your pills for like you know whatever or uh, you know ten dollars a gram now it's fifteen dollars a gram and you better make your quota so <laughs> there's a lot of knock-on uh to, to this but yeah apparently absolutely everything is made in china these days even the drugs you consume even the drugs yeah. <laughs> no no that it's pretty wild i mean yeah if you've ever been on these sites you can get uh, driver's licenses um you can get you know like here in the u.s hey look there's me oh um, and... <laughs> that's why you recommended this story well if i'm going to recommend one i'm going to do one i'm quoted in right it appears that um, there's little care about cybercrime generated within its borders so as long as the so... victims are from other countries added racist eric crone the security <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this is about, um, they're talking about the Russian angle and how this stuff happens in Russia. You know, we talked about this. I even threw this in here. Uh, yeah, the Cyrillic keyboard layout part. Yes. You know, we talked about this a couple of episodes ago where this stuff can happen. And, and, you know, the government doesn't care as long as it's not hitting their own people. So they turn a blind eye to anything going on in the outside. Hell, it saves them having to do it, right? <laughs> um but they don't care as long as it's going on there. And so, again, this is a Russia-based one, a Russian-based one, a Russian-speaking. Um, but, you know, it's it's the same sort of thing. They just, they, these things are allowed to run as long as they're not hitting people 
within their, you know, their allies and within Russia itself. So it is, it is pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of um, the Russian angle, uh, we were jumping from Russia and drawing this thread that pulls us over to the land of the rising sun, Japan, where uh, they are holding the, uh, the Summer Olympics, the Olympics in summer. Um, and uh, the, Japan is predicting, uh, so, so Mr. Fujitani, uh, who's uh, head of this Tokyo-based Japan Forum for Strategic Studies. He's a former police officer, and he believes a Russian hacker group is targeting the Tokyo Olympics, uh, which is like, well, who would have thunk? Yeah, I don't know that you would necessarily have to be like a full-on oracle to be able to <laughs> figure that this is happening, right? This is not the person living in a cave, uh, you know, communing with the world and and feeling the energies to know that the Russians are going to target something with the Olympics. Um, but it, it's something that a lot of people don't think about. You know, all of this stuff, anytime we have this kind of stuff, it's always being targeted by um, different groups. Now, this is a Russian hacker group, not necessarily the Russian government, because we know that the Russian government would never have anything to do with Russian hacking groups. Totally separate, nothing, nothing to do with each other. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it is sort of a, a kind of a, yeah, yeah, we kind of expect that, you know. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, and, and apparently there's, uh, there's a, uh, it, it's some of it is expected because uh, the Russian teams were were banned from the Olympics because they got caught in an anti-doping scandal. Yeah, and so there's there's a whole. It's it's a very political, politically charged issue. So I wonder if they got their uh, their doping stuff from uh, Hydra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, straight from that, China. And... Straight from China. Yeah, that's see the Chinese. They promised, yes, yes, this dope is great. It will help you evade any like doping checks, and they didn't. Yeah, yeah, because because <laughs> like... they checked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> it's... I, I, yeah, I, I love the translation here. Like in Japan, we've also already started training white hackers and creating government hacker organization. I, I think that's like white hat hackers. Is oh, I, I believe that is. Um, that was. Oh, do, do you remember that video? I think I showed you that video, right? It was the the white hacker um, security hole. Have you seen that security hole video? It's the Japanese one. Um, uh, Oh, oh, okay. We're gonna have to share that in the notes, folks. It's security <laughs> hole. It is so, I don't even know how to describe it, folks. It is something you have to see and experience uh, to truly appreciate um, that sort of thing. And it, it's got some of that, uh, uh, the translation pieces in there. So we'll, we'll, we'll put that down there in the description. For those of you that have made it this far into the show, it is worth it. This is, you're gonna be able to tell your friends how much you learned. Yes. Yes. And uh, before we move on to our last story, uh, a reminder that you can get us on podcast form, thejerichshow.podbean.com or from your favorite podcast app. And uh, you can also find us on YouTube where not only can you hear us, but you can see us as well and see some of the notes we're discussing on screen. And staying with Japan, the last story is Japanese government agencies suffer data breaches after Fujitsu hack. Now, Fujitsu has a tool called Project Web, which uh, uh, 
a large number of government agency use and some attackers gained unauthorized access to it and through that they were able to infiltrate some of these agencies um they they believe around 76000 email addresses were accessed um showing what settings they have and some other proprietary information which was uh, part of the ministry of land infrastructure transport and tourism and this is really interesting because this is like at least the third that we we've known of in in recent months so obviously we had the solar winds uh, attack, which was then, you know, leveraged to attack governments. There was the one in France, and the name escapes me, but we discussed it a few weeks, um, a few episodes ago, uh, several episodes ago. But there, there was a, a provider in France, they were government approved, and they had all the accreditation in place, and they were breached. And so they were able to get into government um, sites. And, and this, again, it's Fujitsu. So this one, they haven't confirmed whether it's a supply chain attack, or whether there was a vulnerability in the software, or so we don't know how they got in, but I think it's it's showing a a trend of government approved or suppliers or tools that are being used uh, that are being somehow compromised either through the supply chain or through direct like vulnerabilities in the software uh, and um, getting access that way. So uh, I would say that governments around the world should really look at their uh, their who's supplying them what tools and um you know get an assurance plan in place uh or, or or have some at least some checks in place to to be able to know when some someone's accessing their data that who shouldn't be what do you think eric yeah it, this is a tough battle i mean if you think about from the government aspect the the sheer volume of tools and software that they use is pretty significant Right. So, you know, I came out of the, the U.S. Department of Defense, the U.S. Army as a contractor for a while. But there were certain places that we were allowed to purchase from and places that we were not allowed to purchase from because of the risks of this sort of thing. And so, like, we, we definitely had things in place. I remember there was a series of Cisco equipment that was purchased by a site outside of the correct channels that we basically had to scrap and uh, and sell for next to nothing because they were purchased outside the channels you know, like off eBay or something for military installation. And you want to talk about a bad idea, right? So you don't know what's happened with this stuff if it's not from a trusted entity. Um, it's expensive to do. It's tough to do. Um, and especially when when you have someone trusted, like SolarWinds, that all of a sudden finds out that something way down the chain has caused a problem that they weren't, you know, aware of. It's not necessarily that they were a problem. It was they were a problem because somebody here, somebody there, and some driver that was written, you know, somewhere else had an issue. Um, that's the kind of stuff that is just so hard to try to get behind. So even if you're doing your due diligence in your supply chain and looking for those sorts of things, or, you know, looking for trusted vendors and you're having them fill out the lovely questionnaire, um, there's so much that you can't ask or you will never have a chance to know. Uh, it, it's just a tough thing to do. So we just, we really got to keep an eye on that and we got to keep trying to innovate and figure out better ways to control this kind of stuff. Absolutely. And uh, one thing that just jumped out at me while you were talking, and I've got to bring this up, the exposed email addresses included those of external parties, such as members of the Council of Experts. Ooh. I don't know who they are or what they do, but I imagine them to be like, you know, in Krypton, like you have the, 
all the, uh, the, the yes the, the, the council around and like yeah, yeah isn't that where the lady in like the black leather was from is one of the councils wasn't she I uh, I, I, I don't know you're thinking about Trinity is it from Matrix no 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 I was thinking about one of the old Superman ones like yeah maybe like Jor El like the, and and what have you and yeah 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 standing around I, I mean it just sounds like something so cool. Uh, I want to know how to get on that list off the Council of Experts. Maybe but, we uh, should make our own. Let's make our own, Javad. Let's have the the Jarek Show Council of Experts. Well, you know what? I think we can do that because, like, you used to work for IAC Squared, so you know the ins and outs of how to um, create a certification, get sort of um, you know adulation and you know mm. get it in into the place so we create a, a certification of to be on a certified council of experts member working title uh, we charge people two hundred dollars a year to remain on the list and uh, we give them a pin every five years and we sell them study materials so that they I like how this is going, my friend. Yeah. I think we're on to something, folks. Keep an eye open for this wonderful, wonderful certification, which you can't live without. No, no. Uh, yeah, your CPEs will be having to watch this show every <laughs> for the rest of your life. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. I, I think I owe my, my annual maintenance fee, as a matter of fact. Huh. Yeah, I should do that. Uh, yeah, on that note. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, I'm glad you're not dead. Uh, Eric, and I'm glad our viewers are not dead. Yeah, every day above ground is good. Uh, any, uh, uh, do, do you disagree at all? No. Good. And with that, <laughs> that was just a lame setup. I'll try better next week, folks. <laughs> with that, stay secure, my friends. We'll see you again.